good evening and welcome to our midweek Bible study. Uh, tonight we're going to look into the Word of the Lord and uh, we're so glad that you have tuned in to uh, hear God's Holy Word. This is our uh, series, The Miracles of Jesus. We're going to continue in that series and um, exalt Jesus, exalt the miracles that He performs. And uh, it's, it's an important thing that we do that, especially right now. Let's continue magnifying the Lord Jesus. Let's continue lifting up His name. In the middle of these trying times, let's exalt the name that is above every name. The Bible says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. And that's what we want to do. We want to exalt the name of our God together because the name of our God is greater than any challenge we may be facing right now. And we're so glad that you've tuned in tonight. We're gonna to look into the word of the Lord. We thank God for his miracle working power. And we're going to discuss the miracles of Jesus. We're gonna do that right now. I invite you to pray with me before we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your miracle working power. We thank you for your goodness, your grace. We thank you that we can come to your word open it and find it to be the bread of life. We ask in Jesus' name that you will minister to every hearer of the word right now and transform us, Lord, into doers of your holy word. We thank you for this. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And wherever you are, just say amen and amen. We give God the praise. Uh, we're talking about the miracles of Jesus. And our study is based on a conversation that Jesus had with the disciples of John the Baptist. Uh, it's found in Luke chapter 7. The key verses are verses 22 and 23. Uh, but you must understand that John the Baptist uh, really relinquished his ministry to Jesus. Uh, that was one of the amazing, amazing things about John the Baptist's ministry. Jesus confirmed that there arose no greater prophet than John the Baptist. And yet, when it came time for Jesus to step into the prophetically ordained role of Messiah, God manifest in human flesh, John the Baptist was the one who confirmed it, one of the ones who confirmed it, when he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And then he made this statement. He said, He must increase and I must decrease. That's the mark of a great leader who is leading an individual to Jesus Christ, understanding that that leader's role decreases and the role of Christ himself increases. That's the goal, is to make a person less dependent on the, the one leading them to Christ and more dependent on Christ himself. Amen. And so that's what John the Baptist said. I must decrease, he must increase. But now, John the Baptist, is uh, he's imprisoned, and things are, are tough, things are, are, are difficult, and Jesus is having a conversation with the disciples of John the Baptist. The Bible says that John sent them to Jesus, asking him, are you he, or should we look for another? And Jesus said to them in verse 22, he said, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. They had just seen and heard Jesus perform many miracles in the setting of Luke chapter 7. He said, tell John the things you've seen and heard. And this was the confirmation Jesus wanted John to receive about his own 
uh, Messiahship. He said, tell him how that the blind see. Tell him how that the lame walk. Tell him how that the lepers are cleansed. Tell him how that the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Uh, we've, in this series, concentrated not only on the fact that the Lord performs miracles, and we need to remind ourselves of that, especially now, because we have seen many cases where miracles are needed, and miracles are happening. I know that when you look at the news, uh, there is a continual reminder of how many people have, have died in this season because the death toll and the, the death toll uh, rate is, is a continual reminder of how many people have passed away during this season. But there's very little said of how many people have recovered. And we need to concentrate uh, just as much on how many people have recovered and give God praise for the good things. Don't let your guard down. Don't, don't uh, be careless or foolish. Be wise, but rejoice in the good news that we have to rejoice over. And uh, we thank God for the many miracles we have seen the Lord perform. And I want to remind you that God is a miracle worker. And whatever your need, whether it's physical or emotional or uh, spiritual or financial or marital, regardless of whatever your need is, the Lord our God is a miracle-working God. And that's what we're concentrating on right now, the miracles of Jesus. Now, when we talked about the blind seeing, we talked not only about the fact that the Lord can open the eyes of the blind, but we also made reference to the fact that He can open our spiritual eyes and cause us to see, be enlightened, have revealed to us the truth of God. Not only did we talk about that, but we talked about the lame walking. We've seen the lame walk. We've seen those whose bodies would not carry them. We've seen them get up and walk. Amen. And not only in a natural sense, but God can give you power to walk with Him because it is a walk with God that's going to take you through every journey in this life, and it's going to take you down a narrow pathway that leads to life everlasting. We also talked about the fact that the lepers are cleansed, and we related it, as the Bible does, to the matter of sin. We concentrated on the natural elements of the lepers being cleansed, leprosy probably being one of the most clear examples in the scripture of a physical parallel to the reality of sin. The, just the corruptive nature of leprosy, the corrosive nature of leprosy, the devastating, damaging effects of it. And, and, and the word plague has been more prominent in our thinking and vocabulary as of late. And we saw in the scriptures time and again where the Lord healed leprosy because he has the power and he responds to faith. Amen. And so the lepers are cleansed, not only in a natural sense, though, but also in a spiritual sense. He can wash away every sin stain. He can cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He can wash away the filth of your flesh and deliver you from the power of sin in your life. Tonight we're talking about the deaf hearing. This is one of the things that Jesus told John the Baptist. He said, or told his disciples, he said, go tell John <clears throat> that the deaf hear. The deaf hear. This is an important thing to remember. 
that the deaf hear. I remember preaching years ago in the state of Maryland at a district youth camp meeting. Uh, while I was preaching, the Holy Ghost was moving dramatically in this particular service. There was a powerful move of God. There was no music in the middle of the altar service. When the altar appeal was made, people came to the front of the church and they sought God with all their hearts. And even the musicians just buried their face before the Lord and sought the face of God. It was a dramatic move of the Holy Ghost. I remember it vividly. It was a powerful uh, move of God. And there was a young man there, uh, a young a teenage uh, young man, and he, he was coming for the first time to an apostolic Pentecostal service. And uh, he had just entered uh, college and he had come to that youth camp by invitation of a friend. And while he was there, he had never experienced anything like it. And, and he, he actually ran out because it was too much for him. Didn't know what to make of it. Didn't know what to think of all of these people worshiping the way that they were worshiping. Had never experienced anything like it. Here's the interesting thing about the young man. He was deaf in one ear. He left the service, went out of the sanctuary, and uh, the friend that brought him ran out after him. And he said to him, he said, man, I'm begging you to come back in to this service. Uh, you, you, you've got to come back in. You will enjoy it. I promise you, if you just let the Spirit of the Lord move uh, in your life and open your heart to it, you will enjoy it. And you will find it to be a refreshing to your soul. And so the young man went back in with his friend, and, and as he did, the Lord miraculously opened his ear that had been deaf as long as he could remember. It was a beautiful miracle, and he was confirmed in himself of the miracle-working power of Almighty God. And, and, and so we've seen this before, where God opens the ears of the deaf. God has the power to perform the miraculous. And whatever need you have in your life, I want to encourage you to trust in the Lord, to call upon His name, to ask Him specifically for the miracle that you need. And don't ask with doubt, but ask with faith. Nothing wavering, the Bible says. Ask in faith, nothing wavering. When we look at this matter of the deaf hearing, we know that God can open the natural ears of man. Not only does he open the natural ears of man, but he opens the spiritual ears of man. And he wants us to be able to hear the things of the Spirit. So how do we hear the things of the Spirit? And, and that's what we want to talk about. How do we hear the things of the Spirit? Because they are spiritual. And we are used to hearing things on a natural level. So how do we open our hearts, open our minds, and open our ears to hear the things of the Spirit. In the book of Revelation, the second and third chapters, the Lord speaks specifically to seven churches, the seven churches of Asia. These are prophetic churches that illustrate, uh, the, the, they illustrate the Word of God to the church throughout history and, and through various church ages, if you please. And the Lord speaks to each church in a very unique way and gives a prophetic warning and he gives a word of admonition. He describes having uh, appreciation for certain things about several of the churches. And then he describes also uh, what he has against several of the churches, things they need to correct, things they need to work on. 
the church at Ephesus and Smyrna and Sardis and Pergamos and Thyatira and Laodicea and Philadelphia. But I want you to know that after each time that the Lord spoke to these seven churches in Asia, after each time that he spoke to them, he said something unique. He said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. And so what he's telling us is, you need to tune in. You need to drop what is drowning out your ability to hear God, and you need to tune in, plug in, get a hold of the things of God, and understand what the Spirit is actually saying. And I, I, I want you to know today that that is paramount in 2020, that you hear what thus saith the Lord. I've been on a crusade, if you please, against us filling our minds and filling our hearts and filling our ears with all of the stuff that is circulating around us. You say, well, I want to be informed. It's all right to be informed, but it's not all right to be overwhelmed and consumed with the things of this world that you forget that you have a, high, a higher calling, that you are a part of the kingdom of God, that you have authority over the things that are plaguing this world. So yes, be informed. The Bible says, watch. But it also says, pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. I think we do sometimes too much watching and not enough praying. But we have to watch and pray. It is prayer that's going to make the difference. Yeah, it's okay to watch so that you know what, what the condition of our world is in. But it's not okay to be consumed by it. You've got to pray. Hallelujah. This world needs a praying church. Our generation needs a praying people who are actively seeking the face of God. Prayer is not a just a, a cute little thing we do every now and then to bless our food only or to go to bed at night or to, to say a quick little something about someone in need. No, we need, to put, we need to set our face toward heaven. We need to put our face in the word. We need to call upon the mighty name of our God and pray. And it is that prayer that will open our ears that we will be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, because I want you to know the Spirit is speaking expressly. And the Bible says that the Spirit speaketh expressly in the latter days. So the Lord speaks expressly. There, there's, there's so much that He's saying right now. Don't miss it. You don't want to miss it because you're tuned in to the wrong voices or you're tuned in to the wrong frequency. It's important that we are hearing what the Lord is saying. Amen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what, uh, what hearing God is and then what prevents us from hearing God. First, I want to talk to you about what it is to hear God. Because when you look at the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord gives us so many indications of people hearing the voice of God. Uh, the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came unto Daniel. The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. The Bible even says in the book of Genesis that the voice of God was walking in the Garden of Eden. If you can imagine that, it's a beautiful metaphor, but, but, but that's how animated the voice of God was in the book of Genesis. The voice of God had legs and the voice of God was walking. 
So, so hearing God, hearing his voice is paramount. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we have to be able to hear God. I remember praying the prayer, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I don't want to just, I don't want to just have an impression that comes and goes and I miss it because I'm, I'm putting it through so many rigorous testings that I, I end up missing the whole point of what you were trying to say to me. You know, if God tells you to go encourage somebody and you're not sure it's the Lord that wants you to encourage them or it's the devil that wants you to encourage them, I think you and I both can agree the devil doesn't want you encouraging anybody. So if you feel that urge to reach out and bless somebody, you can rest assured you're hearing from the Lord. But, but sometimes we put it through the ringer, if you please. We, we kind of, almost like a customs officer, we're just checking everything in the bag of the voice of God. Now, we're not to believe every spirit. We're to try the spirits, whether they be of God. So we justify the fact that we, 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 we want to know we're hearing from the voice of God. Here's the thing. The voice of God is the word of God. I'm going to say that again. The voice of God is the word of God. So the, the, the Bible that I'm reading from tonight in this lesson is the word of God in script form. That's why we call it the scriptures. But the voice of God is the same word, but it's his spoken word. It doesn't change from this passage. You can open this book and find out if what you're hearing is God, because if it is, it will match the scriptures perfectly. It will not deviate from the Holy Scriptures. You don't want to hear a voice, some spiritual direction that doesn't line up with the scriptures. You want to anchor everything that you feel you're hearing, you want to anchor it to the Holy Scriptures. So when we look into the word of the Lord, we can rest assured we are hearing the voice of Almighty God by his holy word. And I just said, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I don't want to just, I don't want to test it to the degree that I'm suspicious of your voice. I, if it's you, I want to know it's you. And I want to, I want to be like Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel and Isaiah, where I know it was the word of the Lord that came unto me. So help me to hear your voice. And, uh, and, and one night, it was probably about four in the morning, I, I uh, three, four in the morning, I, I woke up and I, I got out of bed and instinctively, and I just, I walked out of my room just by instinct. I, I, I went to the top of the steps and I, I walked down the steps and into the hallway and, and into the kitchen. And, and uh, that, was, that was back when we had uh, portable phones. And uh, you may still have a portable phone, that's all right. And, uh, but that was the, the big technology at that time, a portable phone. And it was downstairs. It should have been upstairs. I thought that's interesting, but I felt instinctively to go grab the portable phone and, and check to see if there were any voicemails. There were, there were eight of them. It was three or four in the morning and there were eight voicemails from 11 PM when I actually went to bed. That can't be good. I checked the voicemails. And they were from Sister Stella Rivers, the wife of Brother Carrie Rivers, who was our church treasurer in Kokomo, Indiana, precious couple. And she was calling because they were in desperate need of prayer. Brother Rivers was, 
was, was, was actually at the hospital fighting for his life. They had lost his heartbeat. He had had a heart attack and they, they felt they were going to lose him. And they did lose him, actually. They had to bring him back. I immediately, I immediately made myself presentable quickly, ran out the door. And as I turned to lock the door, the Lord spoke to me and said, you just heard my voice. You just heard my voice. And I thought, man, I don't remember hearing the voice of God. I don't remember hearing any audible voice. I don't remember hearing some, some impression that was external or outside of me. And the Lord began to teach me that when you're walking in the Spirit, the voice of God is not something that is external, but it's internal. It's inside of you when you're walking in the Spirit. Now, if you're walking in the flesh, then, then your flesh will guide you and lead you, and it'll lead you astray, guide you into destruction. But when you're walking in the Holy Ghost, you can trust that instinct because God, here's how His voice works. His voice is not some, some external force that has to fight through a bunch of carnality to get to you. That's not how his voice works most effectively. His voice works like this. He will replace your instincts with his. And you will instinctively begin to, to know what to say, know what to do. It will be in you, in you, a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. That's how his voice works. He will put his word in your mouth and your spirit will perceive it and you will be able to speak what the Lord has given you. And that is how we hear spiritually the voice of God. So, so I want you to know that's how the voice of God works. First of all, you have to rid yourself of a carnal mind. You can't hear God if you have a carnal mind. And we all wrestle with a carnal mind. It's easy to have a carnal mind. It requires dying daily. It requires surrendering your heart to God. It requires repentance. It requires turning from any fleshly habits and wicked ways. You gotta turn from those things. Clear your heart, clear your mind, clear your conscience, and let God speak to you. Be washed by the water of the word of Almighty God and let him speak to you and you will hear what the Lord will say to you. Amen. And so that's how a person hears the word of the Lord. I, I, I like to tell people to, to get a Bible and open it. Have an open Bible, have an open heart, have an open mind, and, and you will hear what the Lord is speaking to you. Now, uh, it's important that we understand you can read your Bible and you can find good bits of wisdom and knowledge and truth, but there's something about praying before you read your Bible. There's something about repenting before you read your Bible, asking God to cleanse your heart of any filthiness of the flesh, any debris of your uh, behavior, and ask God to cleanse you and strengthen you and prepare your heart. Ask Him to reveal certain truths to you and He'll do it. You call upon him. I asked him, Lord, show me your voice. He showed me his voice. And I want to tell you something. I wouldn't want to do what I do in the ministry if I couldn't hear from God. It's too challenging. I can't do it on my own. I have to be able to hear from the Lord. I have to be able to receive his word and receive his direction because only he knows how to shepherd his church. 
all I can be and all you can be, all we can be, is an empty vessel, amen, able and willing to be used by the Lord. So what is it that prevents us from hearing from the Lord? I want to read to you from Psalm 135. Psalm 135, beginning with verse 15. The Lord always had a, he had a problem with idols and idolatry. It bothered him that Israel kept falling into idolatry. And one of the reasons was because it was insulting. I mean, here he is, the creator of all things. He is the great God of heaven and earth. He, he, there is no end to him. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He is above all, through all, in you all. He is the great I am, the Almighty God. And here they are worshiping false gods who aren't anything. Many times they were figments of their imagination, and other times they were demonic principalities. And it just, it was, that's insulting. And it, it created a jealousy in God. The Bible said his, he is a jealous God and his name is jealousy. He is jealous for his people's love and affection. And so he, he, he describes what bothers him about these idols in Psalm 135 verse 15. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. And here's verse 18. I want you to pay attention to this, verse 18. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. If you are not seeing the things of God or hearing the word of God, or if you're not able to speak the word of God. It's, it's an indication that there's an idol in your life. Because he said it here. He said the idols have mouths, but they don't speak. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they don't see. And he said, and everyone that maketh them, they're the same way. And everyone that trusteth in them, they're the same way. They have eyes, but don't see. Ears, that, but they don't hear. Mouths, but they don't speak. And they have this inability to, to function as they were designed to function. I, I want you to know that God has put in you the ability to hear His voice, to see His glory, and to speak His word, and to breathe His praise. God did that. And when we don't use what God gave us, for his glory, there's an evidence that something's wrong. And, and, and Psalm 135 tells us what it is. There's an idol in your life. What is the idol in your life? What is the thing that, that, that you dwell on? What is the thing that, that captivates you? What is the thing that has your heart's attention? That's your idol. And it's time that we tear down the idols. We have to remove the idols. Ezekiel described them as idols of the heart. We have to remove the idols of the heart so that we can use what God gave us for His glory so that we can hear Him, see Him, and speak Him. Oh, hallelujah. I want every idol in my life to be brought down. I pray that you do as well, and I, I'm confident that you do want the idols in our lives to be brought down in Jesus' name. Sometimes you have to go to God and say, Lord, show me where the idol is, and He'll show you. Lord, what is it? Because I'm blind to it. I'm deaf to it. Show me the things that I have placed above you. 
Show me the things that I have allowed in my heart and in my mind that have taken preeminence and priority over you. Amen. In Jesus' name. And he will absolutely, he will absolutely do that. Mark chapter 8. I want to uh, read to you from Mark chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 11. <clears throat> Jesus is being challenged by the Pharisees. Not one of his favorite things. The Pharisees kind of got on his nerves. Verse 11, the Pharisees came forth and began to question him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. In verse 12, he sighed deeply in his spirit. He was just done with the Pharisees. Here they were tempting him, seeking a sign from him, and he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, why did this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entered into the ship again. He departed to the other side. Now, hear this. The disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. They did not go and stock up the way they should have. They had one loaf of bread and there's, there's 12 guys plus Jesus and they're on this ship and they're sailing and they've got one loaf of bread and they realize it. And the Bible says that right about that time, Jesus charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Now he had just finished a conversation with the Pharisees that frustrated him because they just incessantly sought after a sign. And he's sighing deeply in his spirit, thinking, why does this generation seek after a sign? You don't need a sign, you need faith. And, and so that's still on his mind. And he looks at his disciples and said, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they, hearing this, the Bible says, they reasoned among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. Do you see what they did? They, they were so consumed with worry about not having enough, about making a mistake, about failing to follow through, about failing to plan ahead. They're so consumed with that that they don't even hear what Jesus is trying to tell them. Jesus is trying to give them a profound truth. Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, beware of the leaven of Herod. But they're so consumed about their mistakes, their failures, about their failure to plan ahead, their failure to, to look forward, that they can't even hear the word of God. I know that happens sometimes when the word of God is going forth. Many times people can't even hear the word of God because they're so consumed with worry about what they did wrong, about what they didn't do right, about what's gonna happen because of this failure and that mistake, and they miss the word of God. And he, they said among themselves, it's because we have no bread that he's talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 17. When Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand, and here it is, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not? 
And do ye not remember when I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments you took up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that you do not understand? He was telling them, Look, you were there. You see the miracle of the loaves, both that brought forth 12 baskets full of fragments, seven baskets full of fragments. I won't get into the symbolism of those baskets. I would love to. It's great symbolism. But, but for the sake of this study, he was letting them know, I don't need you to have planned every little detail in advance in order for you to be at peace. Yeah, plan ahead. Yeah, bring enough bread. That's fine. But if you didn't, if you made a mistake, if you forgot, don't you remember what I did with those five loaves? Don't you remember what I did with those seven loaves? It's all right if you brought one loaf. Amen. Do you have ears and don't hear? Do you have eyes and you can't see? And he said, have you hardened your heart? So what is it that prevents us from hearing God? We've already talked about the fact that having an idol in our life can prevent us from hearing God. In this, passage of, in this passage of Scripture, we see that Jesus said, if your heart is hardened, that can prevent you from hearing God. If your heart is hardened, it can prevent you from hearing God. I have preached sermons that were anointed of God and, and watched people walk out unfazed, untouched by the Word of God. Didn't. It's not because I'm a great preacher that they should have responded, but because the Word of God is great. You can hear, you can hear great orators in all parts of our world. It's not about oratory. It's about the greatness of God's Word. It can be whispered and shake the foundations of a prison. It can be whispered and mountains bow down to it. It, it can be uttered. Hallelujah. But if it's anointed of God, it will do the work whereto it is sent. And, and, and yet, if our heart is hardened, the word of God mixes with faith. The word of God falls upon a ready heart, a softened heart, an open heart, a tender heart. Hallelujah. And so we have to say, Lord, help my heart not to be hardened. Whatever it is that's got my heart hardened, Lord, take it away from me. Take it away from me. We see the fallacy of a hardened heart in the biblical account of Pharaoh, Moses, and Aaron. When Moses and Aaron are pleading with him to let God's people go, commanding him to let God's people go. And Pharaoh's heart is hardened time and again and again and again. And that's many times what happens with us. We'll let bitterness harden our heart. We'll let grudges harden our heart. We'll let deeply held opinions harden our heart. And we'll miss what God is saying. We'll miss what God is doing because of the hardness of our hearts. You know, that's why the children of Israel were not able to go into the promised land under Moses when he sent in the spies to spy out the land. They couldn't do it because of the hardness of their heart, their lack of faith. They just simply would not receive the word of God. Do you know that's, that's why Moses wrote up a bill for divorcement? The Bible said 
that, that they said, why did Moses write up a bill for divorce? And Jesus said, because your hearts were hardened. Your hearts were hardened, you wouldn't receive the word of God. The whole law of Moses was dealing with people whose hearts were hardened. But, but, but at the times of this ignorance, God once winked. Now he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. The hardness of our heart is what creates so much of a conflict in our life. So many problems in our world come from people's hearts that are hardened. Soften your heart before God. Humble your heart before God. Hallelujah. Lay down the heavy burden of bitterness and grudge and offense. Hallelujah. And let God speak to that tender heart. He said, I will take out of you the stony heart. And I will give you a heart of flesh. The first and only time really that flesh is spoken of in a real positive connotation. Normally it's talking about this human nature. But in this instance, Jeremiah is talking about the heart of flesh being that, that heart God always wanted you to have. Because the stony heart has been hardened and calloused over through many years of being broken, many years of being hardened. But if you, will, if you will let the Lord, with his loving kindness and tender mercies, bring to you a new heart of flesh and take out that stony heart of you, you will hear the word of God. You'll hear things that you have never heard before. You'll hear the mind of God on the matter. You won't form just these random opinions. And that's the way I see it. And I'll tell you like I see it. You know, we don't see it clearly when our heart is hardened. We don't see it clearly when we have idols in our lives. We don't see it clearly when we're not listening to the voice of God. We spoke Sunday about the prophet Elijah, this great man of God, who in the latter part of his ministry, running from Jezebel, the Bible says he was called out to the mount and that God sent an earthquake, whirlwind, and fire, none of which contained the voice of God and all of which had in times past in various biblical accounts. But then there was a still small voice. And because he could hear the still small voice, he received the direction that he needed in his life and for his nation. I'm gonna tell you, if more of us would stop and listen to the still small voice of God, we would receive direction for our life and we would receive direction as to how to pray for our nation and what we can do to be a part of the solution because the only one who has the solution is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we have to be sensitive to what he's leading us to do. We have to be sensitive to his word and to his voice. Oh, thank the Lord. My prayer is that God will open up your ears and let you hear what thus saith the Lord. Mark chapter 7 in closing, verse 32. They bring unto Jesus one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Notice that there was deafness and there was an impediment in his speech. In other words, because he could not hear, he also could not speak correctly. That's, that's the danger of lacking spiritual hearing is that when we don't hear spiritually correctly, we don't speak correctly. You know, it's in the ears 
where we receive our balance. When you, when you have a deep inner ear infection, it can affect your very balance of walking. The same is true in the spirit. If you aren't hearing correctly, you're not going to walk right with God. And if you're not hearing correctly, you're not going to be able to speak correctly. He could not hear and he had an impediment in his speech. And the Bible says they took him aside from the multitude, put his finger, fingers into his ears. He spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephaphtha, that is, be opened, and straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain. Hallelujah. I want you to know that when your ears are open, the string of your tongue will be loosed and you will speak the plain word of God. It comes not from just speaking it, but from hearing it, from hearing it. I love that we have to hear the word. I know, I know a lot of people who can quote passages of Scripture, but they don't speak the Word of God in truth. Why? Because they've read it, but they haven't heard it. I said they've read it, but they haven't heard God speak it to them. And there is a difference. There's a difference in reading words on a paper and then hearing that still, small voice speak those words. See. When the still small voice speaks the word and you hear the word, you hear his tone. You hear the emphasis and you're able to respond and you're able to speak with the same emphasis and you're able to speak with the same tone. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the blessing of hearing the word of God. I think we all need to take some time and just get alone with God. I feel like I'm repeating myself because it is such an important thing for us to be shut in with God so we can hear the voice of God speak clearly to us and give us the direction we need for this moment, for this hour, and he'll strengthen us and he'll edify us and he'll give us the word to speak to somebody else. And we will be ambassadors for Christ and we will encourage those who need to be encouraged. We will strengthen the weakened hands, and confirm the feeble knees and bless those who are in need of a blessing. In Jesus' name, tune the world out and tune into God. Tune the world out and tune into God and you'll receive a word from the Lord and you will have a word to speak to those that are in need in Jesus' name. Right now, join with me in prayer as we ask God to bless his word in our life in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your holy word. I thank you for this moment that we have. In Jesus' name, I pray that your word would be life to all that hear it. Speak to us, O God. Lord, as Samuel, your young servant, said to you, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Let us receive your word into our hearts, into our minds. Let it be clear. Let it be amplified. Lord, loose the string of our tongue that we will preach the gospel to every creature. Help us, I pray, in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus Christ, oh God, to hear your word and to declare it just as we have heard it. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask for these things to be so. And it is done in Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 
and amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you Sunday.